do your um, arms ever bend back? Nothing like Slender Man <laughs> porn to kill a book club. I'm going to mess up my hair. I'm going to have a bad attitude, you know, and I'm going to lean against stuff. She's trying to sugarcoat your death, Rod. Fucking best clown ever. Yeah, what's the one kid eating, like, jam right out of the jar or something? Hairpiece espionage. Bandex mini dress C-3PO. Rob impersonating a podcaster. Like, let's pull you into this world where we're just going to run around and have fun. Vincent Price lives in your stomach. She's the booby girl, right? Like, hey, lady, check out this Halloweener. <laughs> <laughs> so Did you guys candy? I'm sorry. <laughs> Every chance I get. Guaranteed to prevent pregnancy. That was way less rapey the way you said it. I'm in the white van right now, and I just don't know it. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. This is easily going to be the most exciting episode we've done this year. Rob, what, what time of year is it? Um, it's definitely not Christmas time, and it's not Thanksgiving time. It's spooky time. It is spooky time. So welcome <laughs> to the first ever booked spooktacular. You want me to put in some like ghosty like sound effects or something? I think I already hear the ghosty All sound right. effects. Am I the only one hearing those? <laughs> All right. So um, three years ago. Um, we decided we would do something um, big for Halloween, and we had the zombie extravaganza spectacular. With Olivia's um, waving his hands in the air. I'm doing it. I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm doing it. I'm so used to doing it when I say that. People look at me weird when I have to explain that to them in, in person, and my hands get... All right. Anyway. Um, for which we had uh, Chris Deal and Amanda Gowan on, and we had an absolute blast. Um, probably the best episode we had that year. Let, what did we do for Halloween last year, Rob? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we complained about the <laughs> lack of good horror books for us. Yeah, we, so that was really that's all we do every every October. We're like, this is the fucking horror time, and yep. then after that, we're like, there's nothing to read. Yeah, the horror is trying to find something exactly. Good to read. Um, but this year we like decided a- we would bring back what we did the first year and do kind of a special episode. So tonight we have special guests, Amanda Gowan returning for the umpteenth time to booked. Welcome back, Amanda. Thank you. Yay. And we have first time, first time guest on the show, Jesse Lawrence, who's been a longtime friend of ours. Jesse, welcome to Booked. Thank you. Amanda, give us a quick bio about you, your books, and your creative stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I write stories and I do interviews and I wait for you guys to call me. <laughs> and the, um, book that I have out now is Radium Girls. Um, my website is lookatmissohio.wordpress.com. It has all the stuff on there. I do interviews on Curiouser and Curiouser, and that's going pretty well right now. And then I tried to write a crime pulp novel, and it turns out that I can't write crime pulp. But now I'm just digressing. So I'm going to um, go ahead and say thank you for having me on again. And this this is why we have you on because <laughs> we don't reason. have to do much when you're a guest on the show. So. I have to say, I have to give you props for not mentioning the fact that you were publishing a book with Chuck uh, Chuck Palnick as an editor. Oh, I totally, I forgot to mention that. Oh my god, that's awful. Oh yeah, that that was kind of a big deal. Um, uh, burnt tongues. Yes, I was one of the twenty authors included in the Burnt Tongues anthology. That's kind of really big right now. Awesome. But I got distracted. I was trying to figure out um, other She's stuff. Like, what do I, I do? 
how come we didn't see pictures of you in your pajamas reading alongside Chuck Palahniuk? Because there is there is a, a a guest from this show that I've seen. I don't know thirty eight different angles. Well, what they pajamas. they gave um, they actually sent out like a thing that said you know if you're going to be in these areas and you would like to appear, send us an email. And I'm East Coast, and that was all West Coast stuff. So I was like, I don't even you know. So, like, the opportunity to appear was, like, if you come here, you can do it. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I have two weeks' notice, so I'm not going to even, you know, really sign up to or whatever, send the email back. Like, yeah, I'd love to, because it was sort of like an out-of-the-question deal. So I was like, that's cool. I'll just take the book. Thank you. I was hoping for a, I don't wear my pajamas in fucking public as an answer. <laughs> yeah. Quite honestly. <laughs> that one works too. Perfectly valid. I, I don't wear my pajamas in public. See, exactly. But looking at the, all right, looking at this is totally not horror, except for, I guess this is kind of my nightmare is like, if you look at the crowds that, that they're, that they're drawing for those live events, <laughs> Like going to a reading is one thing because there's like fifteen to twenty people and they're all like either like big nerdy book people or they're or they're writers. So like when people aren't reading their stories, it's like fuck, I gotta talk to these people. Um, <laughs> and with fifteen to twenty, that's that's bad enough. This Manageable. is like hundreds of people, and it's like I, I don't want to talk to these hundreds of you know nerds. I don't know. It would, I would hate to go to those readings is what I'm trying to say. You could just curl up in a ball and like hide under something just inflatable. Like bring a rope with a hood. Listen to all of us <laughs> that weren't invited to read with Chuck Paul and just, just like, yeah, We're so much that. better. Yeah. Any rate. All right, I, Amanda, thank you. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Hey, and you know, I want to go on record to say I think I was semi invited, maybe. <clears throat> That's it. Well, point. then Rob, you're on the other side. You're one of the people I'm judging. Rob, <laughs> Rob I prefer to see this. Don't edited judge down me, to the, man. To the part where she says, "I don't wear my pajamas in public." <laughs> just the rest of it just, just goes edited away. out. That's, her okay. answer. That's <laughs> not happening. Um, Jesse, a little bit about yourself. Oh man, I was kind of hoping Amanda would like do a bio for me or Rob because those two are way better at it. Jesse um, likes David Bowie and cotton candy. There we go. Um, wow, that's really good. Pretty much, yeah. David Bowie, Cotton Candy, horror. I think that about sums it up, right? It's, it's this works quite well. Quite well. Jesse, oh, here's uh, uh, mentioning you on the podcast in the past is talking about how you keep sending me tons of books. Jesse <laughs> oh, is that's my, right. my, my main hookup for, I, I think I have 18 Stephen Graham Jones books, and of those, I paid for four of them. <laughs> Wait, you only have 18 Hang right on. now? Hang on. Go, go check your mailbox, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> if you only have 18, I, I, I forgot a couple. 15, 16. I think it's, eight, I think it's 17 or 18. Oh, man. I'll have to send a picture of my book. Are you actually counting? We're not busting 20. This is a problem. <laughs> busting 20 is going to be the name of my new band. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or my I don't even want to know. <laughs> so, welcome guys to the to to the the spooktacular episode. Thank you. Yeah, Glad to be here. 
here's the format we're going to shoot for here. We have some topics. I'm going to act as moderator mostly because Amanda needs moderation. I do. I'm um, sorry. So, um, this first topic, we're going to see how this goes because I couldn't have been more excited that I came <laughs> up with this idea. So it's not going to be a lot about books tonight. Um, we are going to cover some different horror stuff. So I thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, we talk about TV shows and books and movies. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that everybody does that kind of thing. So I thought, let's talk about something more, I don't know, closer to home, maybe a little more real, still kind of fictiony, urban legends. So basically, I thought, all right, there's these kind of two schools of urban legends. There's classic urban legends, uh, for example, Bigfoot, um, B- Bloody Mary, um, hookers stealing your kidneys and leaving you in a bathtub full of ice. And then there's what is commonly referred to, not so commonly referred to, apparently, <laughs> anybody who listens to this <laughs> podcast, as creepy pasta, which are the kind of new wave of Internet urban legends. So I thought we'd maybe talk a little bit about Slenderman, which all three of my co-hosts had heard of, and Jeff the Killer, which none of my co-hosts have heard of, or The Rake, which none of my co-hosts have heard of. I I keep going. I have a list. My list of of internet urban legends is longer than my classic ones. So let's talk a little bit about urban legends. So uh, classic urban legends. Jesse, are you familiar with some classic urban legends? <laughs> I have to ask now because this assumption I made earlier qualify was ridiculous. This. So yeah. Oh um, yeah, pretty much all of all of the classics we were we were thinking about and shooting around earlier. I mean, I used to play Bloody Mary when I was a kid. You know, I mean, who didn't? Right? Like, I'm yeah. assuming you guys all did that. I mean, I tried so hard to like summon up Mary. Like, I, I really tried on that. <clears throat> I'm so. pretty sure. So just in case there are listeners who don't know, would you like to give us the brief the brief explanation on, on Bloody Mary and how you play that? Yeah, it's something like you you lock yourself in a in a completely dark room that has a mirror and I think you spin around in a circle three times or something like that and say Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary with your eyes closed. And then you stop in front of the mirror and then you open your eyes and you're supposed to see her reflected behind you. And man, I did try. I tried so hard to get that going. <laughs> so, Rob, is this something you tried as well? All right. So, one thing you need to know about young Rob. <laughs> young Rob was a bit of a pussy when it came to <laughs> scary things. So, I stayed away from any of that kind of nonsense. See, now I'm with Rob on this one. I think that there are times where I had friends that we tried to play that, and I don't think I ever actually pulled off like filling all the requirements. Mostly because I was pretty sure that I'd get my eyes clawed out by something that came out of a mirror. And, uh, you know, for me, it just wasn't worth it. Like, you know, you know, there are games you play, and I play, played some dumb games, like some of the stuff you see on, like, Jackass. And I thought, oh, okay, worst that's going to happen is I'm going to end up with some bruises or a cut or two. But I like my eyes. I have pretty eyes. Rob, right? Right? My eyes are pretty. <laughs> I gaze into them for hours. Yeah, exactly. So I, I didn't want to lose them. Now, Amanda, were you ever able to successfully pull off a Bloody Mary? No, I mean, we did it a lot, but I mean, nothing ever happens except you get like the the, the creepy buildup. You know, you have that, like, you're terrified that it's going to happen. You're terrified. You're terrified. You're terrified. It doesn't happen. We did a lot of Ouija board stuff, though, too. I mean, that was like our big thing was uh, we love the Ouija board. Okay, but there is something I want to say about adult Rob that's different than than young Rob as far as the Bloody Marys go. I drink the fuck out of a Bloody Mary now. (laughs) Well, nothing? No? I I think that caps the Bloody Mary conversation. (laughs) 
delicious and nutritious. All right. Good. I just want to get that on the record. The thing that makes Bloody Mary different than the other urban legends is that you could actually participate. So there's actually a potential thing to happen. Other urban legends are just stories that you hear. And, And I think, you know, probably before the word urban legend came about, it was like campfire stories. Um, so, for example, the killer in the back seat, and we did some editing here, and I figured out that my co-hosts also have no idea what this is. Um, it, it's a story that that went around the circle around about this woman, and she gets in her car and she's driving down the highway. I bank. know this one about the headlights. Whoa, calm! Just let him talk. There are no sorry in this. Maybe I don't know. At any rate, another driver, a man, you know, uh, very aggressively pulls up next to her and is yelling at her and pointing at her car, and she's getting freaked out. So she drives faster, and this guy is trying to catch up to her, and she's terrified that this guy is trying to, like, run her off the road or kill her. And in various versions of the story, what winds up happening is at some point he gets her out of the car, and she realizes that someone had gotten in the back seat of her car, and this guy had seen it before she took off. So he was trying to warn her, although she was terrified of him that the real story is that there was some type of murderer in the backseat of her car the whole time. It can be kind of a chilling story, especially if you hear this and then you have to get into a car by yourself yeah. and wonder if there's someone in the back seat. So these stories have been circulating for uh, some of them for, you know, I and mean, you could throw Bigfoot or, or the Loch Ness monster in as an urban legend. So some of them maybe for even hundreds of years, but the internet has brought up a whole new realm and everybody knows about Slender Man in some cases, because they chose a Slenderman erotica story to read for their book club in a small town. <laughs> and there ended up being no book club. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that book club no longer exists, or at least there's one less member, Amanda. <laughs> um, Nothing like Slenderman <laughs> porn to kill a book club. Or because of those two nitwits in Wisconsin, those two <sighs> teenage girls that stabbed their friend to death and then claimed that Slenderman told them to do it. Uh, <laughs> But there are really some creepy things, and I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and especially since I had this brilliant idea earlier. Um, I put in some links as doc document we share, and in one of the 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 I don't even know if you can call it a creepy pasta modern urban legend, whatever, is a picture called the falling body, which allegedly is a family in the fifties took this picture in their new home, and in the side of it, and I encourage that you look up the falling body. It'll probably autocomplete in a, in a Google search for you. It's probably one of the creepiest things I've seen. I started thinking about this more and more as far as Slender Man goes or Jeff the Killer, and you can look all these up if you're not familiar with them. Internet urban legends give you visuals, and and they always, you know, claim to be real visuals. So, you know, yes, we saw some of that with Bigfoot, but there's never like a good picture of the killer in the back seat to really freak you out or the sexy hooker that stole your kidney. Um, the thing is now that we can kind of visualize these things via the internet, and I think it makes it kind of a little more creepy. I'll give you that, dude. Like, that falling body picture is pretty chilling. And people will spend lots of time going, oh, it's Photoshop. Look at the angle. Look at the, you know, and all these different things. And you know what? It could be, Rob and I were talking about, it could be an old double exposure on a shitty old camera or whatever. But But the bottom line is, Jeff the Killer... I'll give you guys all a minute to Google this as, as <laughs> listeners. It's hard to get that picture out of your head, especially when you're reading this late at night on you know, 4chan or, or you're watching one of these YouTube <laughs> compilation videos. And, and you see that, it can be a little tough not to see that after you close your eyes. Dude, all right, and that's the thing. Like, um, 
with the with the internet and the fact that we have like video and and, and photos kind of as like a, a, a dominant medium for everything we take in you get those um like you can come across an image here or there that's just like it really chills you or freaks you out or like a and I'm not talking about the bullshit like joke video where it's like a car ver- commercial where there's a car driving around and then someone jumps in the front of the camera and screams at you, which, you know, that scared me, but not in the same way I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, yeah, you get the actual visuals of like, you know, like, um, like seriously creepy shit. But the thing is, there's the stuff that's just like, oh, come on, I can explain that away. And there's the other stuff where you're just like, I don't care if I can explain that away because that is just straight up terrifying. Right, with the falling body picture, it's like that because it's like you can think of different ways to explain it, but you still like stare at it. Yeah. I um the other thing that occurred to me is that they're really because I was trying to figure out how this fits into this podcast, other than the fact that I think that some of it's pretty frightening. It's really a form of horror fiction. Crickets? <laughs> Nobody? You've tied the bow. Well, you tied just, it I, all together. I think that, the, you know, there's some kind of story for each of these. Um, you know, uh, the normal porn for normal people.com is probably the one that chills me the most. Um, because See, it's that about... just sounds very Mormon, and I don't know what that is. You have to No, so, okay, so, all right, so I'm going to give you a short version that probably doesn't do it justice. Somewhere, somehow, somebody posted, hey, I got a link to this thing, and I went to it, and it's, uh, and there is now is a site that you can go to that follows what this story started out being. But basically, it said along the lines, like, I went there, and it was these people who were trying to rid the world of, of, um, I don't know, whatever, filth or something. And there's these weird videos. And then the guy goes on to describe numerous videos and how long they go on for. And the videos all either start off or continue to be real normal throughout. But then off to the side, there's maybe just a snippet of something really horrifying happening or something like that. And then the legend goes that hours later, the site was gone. Like that they saw it once and it was gone. But that occasionally you'll see a screenshot that somebody had got or a snippet of a video that someone was able to download, but that it's pulled off the Internet immediately. See, that's really cool. That sounds really cool. So, yeah. So now there are videos you can go to the, the normal porn for normal people dot com. And there's someone who has made the videos and left them up. <laughs> tried watching a couple of there's like a really weird one where it's a guy licking a kitchen sink or a bathroom sink <laughs> for like five minutes. And, you know, at first you go, oh, this is really weird. But then the longer you watch it, it doesn't stop. It becomes more and more creepy. And the tension sort of mm-hmm. builds yep. whether yep. anything happens or not. <laughs> so what you have now is somebody wrote essentially a short story, claimed that it's real. And, and then the Internet, what does the Internet do? It creates a reality to go around it. So now somebody is making the videos that someone claims to have seen at one point as part of this story. And it's the same thing with Slenderman or, or any of these other ones. You know what I mean? So it's 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 really terrifying. But it, I, today it occurred to me that urban legends are horror fiction and that there's probably some of the best horror fiction we have going now. Yeah, and they're sort of like the, uh, the new Bloody Mary, the branching off, the interactivity. You've mm-hmm. got that. Yep. With the internet, really, the, where you didn't have it as much before. So, listeners, do me a favor. Comment on Facebook. Message me that you've heard of some of these other ones, because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that has any clue what the rake is. So, that's all I'm saying. 
I'm pretty sure, Liv, you're the only person out there who's Googling the words normal porn together. Uh, that's probably a pretty good point. <laughs> that's his, you know, he discovered it when he was trying to, he's trying to cover up the fact that he looks at really weird porn. So he's like, I just need to look up some normal porn. So you people balance think. this out just a bit. If I put enough of that in my Google search history. You know, you guys, here's, here's what I realized the other day, and, and I, <laughs> I, I went to some lengths to maybe rectify this because you just you're never sure, right? Amanda, I think I've seen you post about like weird searches you wound up doing and like yeah. not realizing how weird it seems to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm logged into the booked podcast account all the time, and it occurred to me the other day that Rob could go in and look at the search history because I don't think about what what I'm logged into, but mostly I'm logged into the book podcast account. <laughs> So, I, mean, I was on YouTube. Now when I do weird searches, I have to do them from my phone because my phone is logged into my personal Gmail account or my Google account all the time. So, was, Rob, like the lesson in this is that you are always also accountable. Like he's never going to be the only one held accountable for like whatever oh, no. you find. Our crimes are mutual. Dude, I was on YouTube uh, for something the other day and I was logged is into it, the booked account and I'm like, is it all man, videos? Livia <laughs> watches some really weird stuff on YouTube. <laughs> now you're so. making me think about my YouTube search history. I'm pretty sure it's all a bunch of guys smoking electronic cigarettes, which probably seems really weird <laughs> when really you weird. see hundreds of them. <laughs> what, do they have like better technique or... Cigarettepourn.com It's, 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 it, it's <laughs> mostly... It, well, that, that exists. Oh, God. Um, it's mostly um, product reviews and stuff. Yeah, that's a really boring answer. Yeah, yep, yep. Normal YouTube videos for normal people. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. Um, we're going to move on from this topic that I thought was going to be the best thing ever. And uh, we're going to talk really, a little bit. I don't know. I'm being next... so bitter about it. It's not, I'm it's angry at all of you. I, I, I like this is perfect. Like the last note says, I'm going to ask each of you to make up your own urban legend. And I thought, what the fuck do you guys know about urban legends? How are you going to ask at this point? I've got a really good one. I've got a really good one right now. I'm listening. All right. I don't know. If, this is probably going to become an urban legend. All right. There's this van that keeps going in and out of my um, neighbor's driveway. And it's like one of those like nondescript white vans with no windows and the front windows are tinted. And it has, like, a ladder on the top, and, like, it goes in and out of, like, my neighbor's driveway, like, two or three times a day for, like, no reason that I can figure out. And I didn't really think about it that much until Eric said that it was the snatching van that was coming to snatch me, and they were just waiting for me to be out in the yard by myself, and then they were going to grab me and steal me forever. (laughs) So, like, I was like, no, they're not. And he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, they are. Look, look, they're slowing down in front of the mailbox. Watch watch and i'm like they have to slow down in front of the mailbox to turn into the driveway and he's like they're looking in the window and so like now like i like i look for the van before like i take the dog out because i'm pretty sure that like now the the white van is going to steal me (laughs) i don't know what's going to happen but if you don't see me again like probably the white van didn't steal me but eric killed me and hid my body and this was all a ruse (laughs) to make it seem as though i were abducted so so i will say i I frequently i've often wondered since we've gone to iPods and headphones and, and really small speakers are really powerful, what the guys in the white vans are doing if they're not selling speakers to you 
<laughs> and I, oh, imagine, I remember those guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. They were always in a white band. It might have always been the same guys and they just hit everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, but they might have gone into the snatching business. <laughs> they got to do something. I mean, yeah. But I mean, can are like people the same as speakers? Can they come up to you and be like, hey, do you want to buy this person? They're not stolen. I swear. <laughs> um, I, I don't I, I mean, I don't want to comment. These. People on, on how likely I am to purchase somebody that's coming from the back of a white van. But I suppose that in some areas there's a market for that. All I'm going to say is, like, back when there was people selling speakers out of vans and parking lots all the time, you didn't hear much about human trafficking. So, But now that they mm. don't do that anymore, you do hear a lot more about human trafficking. So I think we're on to something. Yeah. Evolve or perish, right? That's right. I think the game is on, guys. <laughs> Snatchers. The snatching people. Oh, Rob, we'd probably make more money doing that than we do on this podcast. That's all I'm saying. As long as we get, like, a dollar, we'd be ahead. <laughs> hey, I have a I have a potential urban legend. Let's hear it. All right, so, Livia, you've heard some of this probably before. Um, and I was just thinking about it the other day because I was explaining. I have a funny story, but it kind of gets creepy. Uh, back when I lived in Vermont when we first started the podcast... Um, I lived in this building, and there was a guy that, uh, he was, like, one of the people that lived in one of the apartments, but he also did, like, handiwork, probably, to get, like, a, a you know, a cut, you know, a discount those on Those motherfuckers, that's already creepy, because all those guys are <laughs> fucking creepy that do that. Right, so, and he's this kind of, like, older dude, probably in his 40s, not, I mean, older than me, not like he's old, but, like, he's older than me, um, kind of short, stocky dude and everything, and, um he would do just handiwork so he had access to all the apartments um there was a couple small occasions where different things happened within my apartment that were a little bit confusing like uh while i was out something happened like something was not missing but like you know i think that that was like that when i left those types of things but it was explained away by like you know maybe they were doing work in the apartment so i thought nothing of it one time I get into the elevator, and then the, the, that dude gets on, like, a floor later, because it was, like, a five-story uh, uh, building. And um, he gets on the elevator, and I look at him, and he's wearing a T-shirt, the same T-shirt I own. And I was thinking, oh, that's crazy. He's got the same shirt as me. Which, And then I was thinking about it a little more, and I was like, oh, that's weird. It's like a Chicago business. And I was living in Vermont. I was like, what are the chances that he could know about this place. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool coincidence. And I kept thinking as the elevator was going up and I'm like, I haven't worn that shirt in a while. And then I was like, my God, he's got my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had, to, I had to like run through the, the possible, how did this happen? And it was either I dropped it in the laundry room or he creeped into the laundry room while I was doing laundry and took it. Or, Dude's got access to my apartment. He's just taking my stuff. And so I, I decided to think of the most, like, in order to not freak out, the most innocent would thing would be I, I dropped it in the laundry room or something like that. But then I got to thinking, like, that plus the other kind of random things that happened started me thinking, like, what if this guy's, like, slowly trying to take over my life? <laughs> Like a little See, that's piece the of the first time. place my mind went. Like this guy's a seal of your clothes. He's becoming you. Right. And then like oh. and the problem is if I don't do something to stop it, then my reality gets taken away from me. And that it was like something that was like enough where it was like kind of creeping me out and I had to stop thinking about it. And luckily not long after that I moved. 
Oh, fuck. I was sure you were going to say you killed him. Because <laughs> that's what I would have done. No, no, there's still like a, a Rob Olson living in <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> oh, God. You know, if you look there. Rob Olson up on Skype, there's probably one in Vermont. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you right now, there's um, <clears throat> there's like 13 Rob Olsons on Skype. So, I mean, how many places have you lived, Rob? Uh, <laughs> not many. Not 13. <laughs> oh, so you haven't killed 13 people then? <laughs> no, not 13. <laughs> okay. So that's my urban legend. Like, if someone starts to slowly take things from you, it means they're trying to become you. How's that? That fits that's in good. so many ways, I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah. What do you got, Livia? I, I still think that guy is probably living as you, like, in your old apartment. <laughs> that's that's see that's creepy as shit. Like, what if someone? Like, I what mean, if, if you left like a hat, he could have gotten glasses, and oh, you know, just he could be there. He could have moved in the day you left. Now I need to go back there. <laughs> I need to go back and see. We need to go back and kill him. <laughs> it's true. You do. You have to kill him. There's no choice. God damn it! All right, the first gotcha. murder. <laughs> Livia, as you rent the white van. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it out of the garage. So. I'll be in the back of it. Yeah, of course you will be. <laughs> the only way to still be sense. alive and I can, yeah. you know, help in some way. Uh, I'll be like, "There's still some candy here. They used it to lure me in." <laughs> Living on it. Oh, candy would work on you. <laughs> You're still falling for that one. Candy. All right. <laughs> Moving on from <laughs> urban legends. I don't have one. I've been thinking about it all day and I couldn't come up with one. Um, so we're going to move on. Now, this next segment, I'm not really sure how this is going to work out. <laughs> Earlier. Hopefully at least as smooth as the last one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Earlier in a um, in a group Facebook conversation that Rob didn't have to participate in, mercifully. <laughs> um we uh, we were talking, and somehow we came up with the idea that, or Amanda came up with the idea that she could read our palms via the internet, which I thought was great because the other option was seance for Richard Lehman. But then I would add, explain at least one guest on the show who Richard Lehman was, and I didn't want to have to do that. So, um, all three of us, Rob, Jesse, and myself, submitted photographs of our palms <laughs> to be read. And I, now I'm just taking a complete stab in the dark. You have no previous experience in palm reading, right? And you went to a book. No, no, I have like a lot of previous experience in palm reading. Like oh. I actually do. Like I, I have been doing this since college. Whoa. Oh, well, I stand corrected then. I, right. I actually thought this would be better if you were just doing it from a book. But no, 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 no. But let me tell you the thing. I have no idea how to read palms. I've just been reading palms oh, since college, and I'm really good at it. Um, but the key is really mainly you just have to memorize like the. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys. I had like the best of intentions on like like taking this seriously because I have this this big book here with all this stuff but there were like 75 pages of like different ways to like interpret all this crap and i was like no i think i'm just gonna look at the lines again and <laughs> like memorize them and then i could just make things up because that's what i used to do and it always worked really well because really you just it's like anything else like um when you're faking people out with any type of like psychic shit you just need like a little bit of like uh you need the right terms to throw in there and then it all, it sounds like you're telling the truth. 
Like, that's really. Like, so that's all I need to. That's all you need to know. Can I give you a little advice? Yeah. Don't tell us you're going to lie to us before you lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you seem so excited. I was going to tell you how to do it. Because I mean, you can like freak people out. Because like you can look in someone's face and and tell what they don't want to hear, and then you can decide whether or not that's what you want to tell them or no. And you look at their lifeline. That's like you know, that's really fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the moderator authority here to to reel us in a little bit, Amanda. I think you should read Rob's palm, based on the previous information <laughs> that you've given us. All right, hold on. I have a I sent a very nice picture in my hand to Amanda. Mine had a bunch of Sharpie spots on it. I didn't notice until afterwards. So yeah, I have since yeah. washed my hands in case anybody. <laughs> Livius would have the dirty palms of the group. I would. He had the, the spectacularly. Mm-hmm. That's dirty. where this all began. All right. I can see your lifeline. And see what happens is your life. See, this is going to sound really boring if I'm not explaining to you guys how to lie into it. Hey, you do whatever. You do it Amanda style. All right. How old are you now? 36. All right. I would guess at the age of 45, between the ages of 45 and 48, you're going to have a major life decision that's going to take you in either one direction or another. Like, seriously, seriously, it doesn't have anything to do with a woman, but we're talking about more of a career choice. That would carry. See, it intersects with your line of destiny as it comes straight through. Now, one of the career paths, one of the paths that you choose would make your lifeline longer. But the other path that you would choose would intersect with your line of destiny, which would mean that it would be more in line with what you are supposed to be doing with your life, but would mean a shorter life. So that's when I decided. Oh, wow, that's harsh. Keep- whether I'm going to keep doing the podcast or not. Because <laughs> the podcast is killing me. <laughs> I think she's saying your destiny is going to kill you. All right. So maybe that's when I do decide to keep keep with the podcast. If you, yeah, if you choose it. But no, you're going to, you're going to, that's what I'm telling you. These are what the lines say. So the lines are but saying, I'm going to have a everyone. big decision to make. And either I can live longer or be happier. No, I didn't say be happier. I just said that something that you were, you Justin. know, yeah, more more likely to. The line is stronger. That's kind the of jargony, is, though, isn't it? What's that? That's kind of jargony, though, isn't it? She's she's trying to sugarcoat your death, Rob. <laughs> At least someone's trying to sugarcoat my death. No, 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 no. Because see, the the lifeline, like towards the bottom of the longest lifeline, it gets kind of like scattery. So it's like not as strong even at the bottom. Like that just means you'll have illness like late, late in life, even if you do live a really long time. Which who doesn't? Like if you're eighty, like who's not going to be sick? That's cool. I think that's going to be the cancer. I feel like, or maybe like it'll be something. Can I get a disease that makes it so I have to walk with a cane? I really want to walk with a cane when I'm old. I think gout does that, right? All right. Yeah, but gout's painful. I just oh, need something like... Oh, not that then. Yeah. Something crippling but painless. I guess there's not a lot of those, is there? Um, We could, like, shorten one of your legs, you know, by choice, and then yeah. later in life, you'll need a cane, yeah? You need some body mods? Some body mods. 
Is that is it all the uh, the palm reading that I get? No, I was still looking. But, uh, your heart line is very strong, but it doesn't come anywhere close to the marriage line, which either that could mean you don't get married, or if you do get married, it's not necessarily for love. Oh, yeah. Dude, I you're going to get married for money. That's right. That's so much better. A marriage of convenience. <laughs> no, but actually, like, a lot of this stuff is really good. Like, convenience, I mean, is... like an ATM. I'm actually flipping pages while I'm doing this. Like, I'm actually looking up the actual crap that you have to do to do this correctly. Awesome. So, yeah, it was, uh, was going to be this or an internet seance <laughs> to summon the spirit of Richard Lehman. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that I always thought that doing that was in poor taste. Summoning Richard Lehman or... Yeah, trying to have a seance for an author and, and not taking the fact that he's dead seriously. Okay. Now, if I take it in poor taste, you know that's bad, right? <laughs> you have, like, the worst taste of any of us, yeah. Yeah. So, um, AAA, Adam Otten. <laughs> Who didn't see this coming when we said it last episode, right? Oh, oh here we go. I will say this snuck up on me. Um, I lost access to the um, book Gmail account from my phone, did not look at the Gmail on the computer, found out moments ago that we will be bringing you a seance. <laughs> Compliments of, and I'm going to be very A. Adam Otten, if you have, um, he split real radio on Twitter. If you have any comments <laughs> regarding this next segment, I strongly urge you to direct them directly to him, not to booked, not to my place of employment, if you know what that is, not to my home, not not to Amanda's home, <laughs> not, not right to the creeper to van, right to, to Racine, Wisconsin is, is where those all need to go. <laughs> so here is, God damn it, I can't. Yeah, he just he just let it roll. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I am Livius Ned. And I'm Rob Olson. Tonight, we have the opportunity to interview famed horror writer Richard Lehman. First, a little about Mr. Lehman. Richard Lehman was born and raised just outside Chicago, Illinois. His works include The Cellar, Darkness Telos, and The Traveling Vampire Show. He died in 2001. To help us interview Mr. Lehman, we have a special guest, Miguel de los Muertos. Señor de los Muertos, bienvenido a Booked. Ah, thank you very much, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be here with you, if only in spirit. Now, for the listeners at home, why don't you describe exactly what it is that you do? of one fifty-nine ninety-nine, I translate words from the dead. Which fits perfectly our purposes here tonight. Now, before we began recording, we held a seance via Skype. A Skypeance, if you will. To summon Mr. Lehman. Tell us, Mr. De Los Muertos, was the summoning successful? Oh, indeed. Senor Lehman is here with me right now. Have you spoken to him? Oh, yes. He has much to say. Like what? Unfortunately, it is all English. Well, why is that a problem? My English, it is not so good. You seem to be speaking English fairly well right now. Okay, 
Okay, well, maybe it's not too late to call an audible. Would you be willing to translate an interview with Edgar Cantero? Is he... dead? I certainly hope not. Well then, I am so sorry, my friends. You see, the afterlife is much like any geographic location, in that it engenders its own distinct dialect. And after spending so much time talking to the... dead, I have developed something of a tenure for the living. They are all throats and tongues. So, you can translate Spanish, but only if the speaker is dead? Yes. I work mostly in DeKalb County, Quinceañeras. Teenage girls who wish to speak to their abuelos y abuelas, things like that. Miguel! Miguel! These pans ain't gonna screw up themselves! What you doing on that phone? You know your break any five minutes ago? Now who are you talking to? I was simply trying to converse. You gonna have my size nine converse up your ass in about 30 seconds you don't get off that damn telephone. I have to go. See, Rob? I told you. We should have just used Google Ghost Translate. But Livius, you know that creates a conflict of interest with my day job. Besides, politically speaking, I have a real issue with Google. Oh, Files. get over it already, you big pussy. Livius, Google apologist. That's me. Well, uh, that uh, that seance went about as well as the palm reading. <clears throat> I'm sorry about the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what happened is I pulled the picture up. I got actually into it. I was like, no, seriously. I started flipping pages. I, you know. Here's the thing. I, I already knew Rob was going to lead a loveless life. <laughs> I never no. once looked at his hands. Whoa. No, but that's not, that's not what I said at all. You have to <laughs> let me explain it in person. See, this is. Oh, no, no more. God damn you. <laughs> Did you just say, let me explain it in parcel? <laughs> yes. In person. In person, Voldem- I could make this all make Voldemort's sense. I could point to the lines and go, look, this is why this means this. This is why this means this. But all is good. <sighs> now I really just want someone to tell me my future in, like, snake talk. <laughs> in parcel talk. I, I, I could- Try to find something else in this book. Like, I mean, but I can't, like, feel your skull, so I can't, like, like, there's some phrenology stuff in here, and I can't say that. Great, you just shit on Amanda, Olivia, since she feels bad now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's, I can't do, like, the cabbage patch thing that was from, uh, that I used in Cabbage Muse, because they're there's no cabbage out here. So what like, the fuck yeah. is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have cabbage in Ohio. No, but not. They don't have. I don't have a cabbage patch nearby. And, oh. Like I could do the Napoleon squares, but you can't. You need to point the needle at the at your seat. This is. <laughs> I just sound insane at this point. I'm. I'm closing the book. I'm closing the book. Yeah, I have we're, like. Clo- a, we're closing the book on all of this right now. <laughs> So I guess the, you just tuned in. I don't know how you got to the middle of the episode, but <laughs> we've got a long way to go, guys. Buckle up. So Buckle that was up. a partial palm reading by Amanda. Parcel. Parcel. Um, did anybody else get the Harry Potter reference? The next or book. <laughs> yeah, see, I just told you all the serious stuff to make me sound like I knew what I was talking about, and then I would, you know, tell you just a bunch of bullshit. Depending on what your face was doing. See, that's that's how you do that stuff. That's how the stuff works. It has to be done in person. I gotcha. 
Hey, but That's the key to lying. I'm going to say that um, other than the uh, blatantly racist stuff that happened in the, the seance there, <laughs> it was um, much tamer than I expected. And I'm glad. Because um, what I really didn't want is Richard Lehman to come at me. I had the opportunity to watch a bootleg of a movie that was made um, from a Richard Lehman book. This is one of my Halloween finds this year um, called In the Dark. It's kind of an unfinished movie from, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, Jesse, are you familiar with In the Dark? No, I am not, actually. It's an excellent Richard Lehman book um, and made for an interesting small budget film i'm sorry it's the theme of the evening yeah i i just i'm in my own little world but i was very <laughs> excited to see it but i thought like i mean it's never been produced so like watching a bootleg is not like you know like downloading the new avengers movie or anything like that um it is out there for people to see um it's interesting if you can get your hands on it i suggest you watch it especially if you're a richard laban fan if you can't get your hands on it hit me up on facebook and i can make <laughs> that happen for you is there um, boobs but that does uh, there are, I will tell you, surprisingly, for a very low-budget movie that has, I don't know, like five actors in it, there are some boobs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I know Rob will watch it now. Yep, it's on the list. Um, but that did did bring me to the, the fact of, of horror movies. So, recent horror movies. Let's talk recent. I haven't seen anything really recent, and I know that Jesse <laughs> is, is an expert. Uh, so this is the part where Jesse will talk about things that I have no clue about. Welcome to the episode where we all talk about shit we don't understand. That's right. So, um, uh, here's what I want to know. What, and Rob, obviously you watch a lot of movies too. Amanda, are you much of a, a scary film watcher? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, Amanda's been doing it, like, all month, I think, right? I have. I have. I'm up to, like, three to four a day at this point. Horror anthologies. Where, where, out of nowhere, right? I mean, I know there's been a couple, and I know there was Creep Show years ago and Twilight Zone and stuff, but it seems now, like, every single week there's a new horror anthology coming out. Oh, yeah, VHS Viral just hit VOD, like, two days ago. yeah. Yeah. Um, is I this... like the idea. I like the whole concept of because movies just keep getting longer. Like a feature film is like three hours now. So it's like if you can give me like an hour and a half and give me four movies, I'm going to be really happy if I like two of them instead of like watching like three <laughs> hours of something that really sucks. So. Yeah, I think 88 minutes is the sweet spot. Just yeah, like, give yeah. us all 88 minute feature <laughs> films. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason feature films are like have to be what is it seventy minutes, like in order yes. to be considered a, a feature film. Yeah, there's a reason. You guys have any of you guys seen ABCs of Death Two yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't watched any of the anthologies. Oh, that's another one that. Okay, Amanda, you've got to watch it because of course it's got the Saskas in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Directing like uh, T is for torture porn. It was totally rad. Yeah, I want to I see like it. Porn. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there, but there was there were a few that are just like, really? How did this like make that's it what's into good the about anthology? The, the anthology format when they cram it all together? You know, you have a lot of different things. You have room to like stuff and not like, you know, I like the... The thing yeah. that I find weird about it, though, is that to me, movies have always been the shorter versions of books. Just as a kind of generic thought in my head. 
Right. Now you're taking these movies that are shorter versions of books and making them into much, much shorter movies. And now well, it's just like think of them as short stories made into movies instead. Like, short, I mean, a short story made into a proper movie is probably two hours. <laughs> I mean, now you're talking like Hobbit Peter Jackson shit. What are you talking about? No, no seriously. I mean, think about um, um, Stand By Me, which was based yeah. on a novella. And it's probably two and a half hours. Memento. Memento is another one based on a uh, four-page yeah, story. Was, that was excellent. Well, secretary, yeah. Okay, yep. I see where you're going. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, so if you've got these, like, nine-minute movies, that's like a long Audi commercial. But they're taking some of the uh, the ABC's death, like the first ones, the shorts, and making them into full films. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I think, I know M for Murder, they're... Um, I can't remember what that one's going to be called, but that one's going to be expanded into a full-length film, and it's going to have Bill Mosley, that was Otis, from House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, he's he's the be best. This. Yeah, he's going to be the husband in that. Oh, I wish Amanda could hear how she sounds right now. <laughs> so, how does that translate to, I, I know Rob has binge-watched TV shows, I'm pretty sure I know Amanda has, so we'll sit and watch 10 hours of a TV show, horror or not. Oh, definitely. But really, like, two and a half hours for a horror film is way too but long? But not if, it, if it's not really good, then, you know, you won't watch ten hours of a TV show. I mean, you'll watch, like, oh, a I half beg, an hour of it. I beg to differ. But <laughs> <laughs> I start something. It's 28 hours later. I'm like, this, this is terrible. <laughs> terrible. So, you, so then you watch Dexter, like, all the way through, then I take it. Uh, like, every single it. episode. Oh. Oh, you poor, poor man. Even the ones with his stupid sister. In them. Wait, you watched past season four? I watched all of them. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, I've I quit after season series. four. I was like, done. I've seen the yeah, whole series. I think series. when Julia Stiles entered the picture, that yeah, was it. Yeah, you have to call it off. No, or, no, you know, no. Once Darla was dead. Like, no, no. Later yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, what's the little cutie blonde, the, the, the one that the, works with the plants? Oh, you mean the one that looks just like Julia Stiles? I don't. <laughs> that came up later? I don't think she looks just like Julia Stiles, but yes, probably her. The one with the greenhouse and the poisoning stuff? Yeah. Uh, she was awesome. Not really. <laughs> nothing about nothing about seasons after four were really that good. You can't follow Lithgow, though. I mean, after he did that, it was like pretty much like, I don't really know where they're yeah, going to go yeah. from here. This should have been the end of the series. That's true. Hey, actually, that reminds me. This is a little bit of a tangent, but, dude, I remember way, way back, like, when I was a teenager. So we're talking, it's like 20 years ago, probably, um, having a dream where uh, it was was just the weirdest dream. It wasn't necessarily a nightmare, but it was, like, really freaky, where uh, um, uh, Hannibal was real, The, um, the Anthony Hopkins Hannibal was like a real person and like he was trying to kill people and I was worried he was going to kill me and John Lithgow was in the dream and he was a guy who I thought was an ally of mine that was helping me not get killed by Hannibal but at there was like this like very dramatic TV reveal where like they were actually working together and I was totally fucked and they were going like, <laughs> to co-serial kill me and I was like I remember waking up just terrified that John Lithgow and Anthony Hopkins were going to murder me it is a pretty gruesome team. Like, even if it wasn't in a serial killer aspect, I don't think those are two guys I'd want to go up against if they were collaborating. 
Yeah, and this was far before the Dexter thing, so I I guessed that. I my mind predicted that stuff. Yeah, no chance would I. <clears throat> I see Lithgow, I'd probably be running. I mean, what was it? It was like Third Rock from the Sun, where everyone's like, "Oh yeah, John Lithgow is this like really happy, nice guy." I don't know. When I was growing up, it was all blowout and raising canes. So this is the guy you like. <laughs> like, oh, don't come near me. <laughs> All right, so let's get back on the topic of movies for for just a minute. I'm going to ask each of you for a recommendation for a solid recent horror movie. Jesse. Oh, way to start with me. Uh, Sleep Tight. Oh, okay. What's Sleep Tight about? I have not heard of this one. It's a Spanish film from the guy who did... um, The guy who co-created Wreck, that series, which... Uh, got remade as Quarantine here in the states, I think. Mm. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Not, um, yeah, his first his first um, film was The Nameless. It was from a Ramsey Campbell novel, but Sleep Tight. It's actually more of a thriller than a horror thing, and it's like um, it's about a concierge, and he's pretty much sleeping with this woman, and she doesn't know that he's doing it because he's drugging her at night. So he basically sneaks into her apartment <laughs> and. And acts like they live together, you know, while she's drugged sleeping. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you drug them before? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm just trying to understand that's all. Because this movie, I was like, oh, okay, all right, this makes perfect sense. I was like, wait, it's a big plot hole. No, you're right. I'm I'm probably explaining, explaining it bad. He's basically drugging this woman like breaking into her apartment and drugging her and then sleeping right next to her, pretending that, you know, they're a couple and whatnot while she's passed out. This sounds very interesting. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to much fact that Rob and I decided that Spanish things are better than not Spanish things recently. Yeah, pretty much. I think Spanish true. is better. Yeah. And the French Spanish, too. right? And not like, not like Guatemalan, right? Like Spanish, Spain. <laughs> Oh yeah. no, I mean I mean Spanish Spain, but you know, okay. speaking of, you know, non Spain Spanish, I mean <laughs> you've got <laughs> that just sounds really weird. You've got Here Comes the Devil out of Mexico. That was which, fantastic. That was that, so bizarre. Yeah, I mean wow. <laughs> Making notes. Amanda, what do you got for us? Oh, brand new, Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking just... movie came out like 25 years ago. Yeah, but it just uh, came I, on Netflix two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I just watched it, like, yesterday. It was really good. Like, I really liked it. Oh. Um, no, it was, it was fantastic. Um, no, I, I, American Mary, of course. Like, I, I watch it, like, two to three times a week at this point. It's getting out of hand. Like, it's become my new house of a thousand corpses. That's not and, out of hand. Yeah, see, it's not. It's that good. It's not out of hand. Um, the Awakening. <laughs> the Awakening with, um, I can't think of any of the names of the people that are in that movie. But it is a very, about a very creepy old house. Wait, is that the Christopher creepy... Reeves movie? No, no. It has the girl that was in The Prestige with... This all makes Rex on podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I guess I could. So harsh on you, but this is what we do. I think her name is Catherine. She plays like an old time Scully, and she goes to like a boys' school, and it's this is like at the height of the um, um, table tipping sort of 
phenomenon. Is that a that British it, thing? Yes, yes, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like the first really, really spooky thing that I had seen in like years. And I was like, I watched it, and when it was over, I was like, this kind of sucks because now I'm going to have a really hard time finding another movie to watch after this <laughs> for like a long time because this one was really, really good. You watched See No Evil 2 yet, though. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, Saska Sisters. You're going to love it. Ooh. Rob, what do you got? Well, I mean, if, if new can go as far <laughs> back as like the early 90s. No, that was 1997. That's technically late 90s. Um, which, by the way, I watched Event Horizon one time and I vowed to never watch it again. <laughs> no, it was awesome. It, it was fantastic. It scared the balls off of me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, the dark inside, inside you. They're all in hell and shit. It's really, it's fucked up. Um, that scared me. That one scared me. Uh, I, I have to, actually, I've been on such a, a old movie, horror movie kick, like rewatching um, classic slasher, you know, uh, from like the 80s and stuff that I don't have a lot of new ones uh, readily available, but I would go with... Um, American Mary is the one that I've dug so like recent that that I've dug a lot lately. Oh, uh, we should probably talk about this then. So, Jesse, you mentioned <laughs> yeah. you mentioned um, See No Evil too. Yep. And uh, who who who's the who are the producers for that for that movie? Um, written and directed by the Saska sisters, the mm-hmm. Twisted Twins, mm-hmm. who did American Mary, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Now, did they do See No Evil? No. No, they didn't do the first one. I didn't think so. But I thought it was odd that they did the sequel. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I've known Rob knows, everybody knows, that knows you, that you're a huge fan of them. And um, at your recommendation, I watched Dead Hooker in the Trunk. Um, you recently had the opportunity to meet the young ladies, yes? That is correct. Tell us a little bit about that, what that was like for you, what they're like in person. Oh, they are, they're totally awesome, but that was, um, that was kind of an embarrassing experience. I was like pretty much so starstruck that speaking became this foreign thing, you know, where I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, I really like your movies. But I had, a, I had my good friend Andrew with me who he's like, he's a convention pro. He has no problem talking to anyone. So he kind of helped me fill the gaps there. I was just totally starstruck, which I didn't think would ever happen to me but it's like oh my god you guys your movies are so awesome i don't even know what to say (laughs) i'm sure they talked too they were really cool though they were totally cool yeah did the whole picture thing like the photo op and whatnot and signed some stuff for me did they have russian accents and were they clad in leather (laughs) they did not have russian accents (laughs) no um not clad in leather either (laughs) all right Livius is just imagining it how he wants it to be. I, yeah, it's, it's sorry, to just like this whole episode. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that's that was a that was a German accent though, because you know they were the what was it the from Berlin? Yeah, I, I'm the odd man out here. The I've Demon seen American Twins. Mary yeah. Yeah. exactly one time. Hmm. I really liked it. I'm just not a big rewatcher of movies. Dude, did they have? I, I always, I'd like to think that they have like a tattoo of like a dotted line where like the arms got switched. Because <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? It would. It really would that because would be. they should. They should have that tattooed so people would go, 
Maybe. Maybe they actually did that. They should get tattoos like that. That's what I think. Um, well, we, well, Jesse, call them. Tell them. Yeah, let's get them on the line right now. You have their personal yes. number, right? Uh, no. You don't. You didn't become that close of friends, but they tweeted no, we're you. Not, we're not that close. They, was it on Facebook or Twitter where they shared the picture of uh, you in the costume? Okay, it was it was Fantastic. both because okay, this Halloween I'm gonna I'm gonna be American Mary, and I was trying on my costume, and took a picture, and I posted it on Twitter. I'm like, I'll just post it up here, you know, because, like, I don't even use Twitter anymore hardly because <laughs> I still don't understand it, <laughs> and I only I only follow probably 20 people, so I'm like, all right, I'll post it up, no one's gonna see it or whatever. But then one of the Saska sisters shared it on Facebook. And I was like, well, it's out there. So and I'm like, all right, everyone, Halloween preview. Here's what I'm going to be. That's, that uh, is an excellent costume choice, by the way. Your Thank wig you. Was, it looks really yeah, good. Your wig is, the wig was fabulous and everything. <laughs> I, I went through two whole wigs to find that one. <laughs> It's like I have more wigs within arm's reach <laughs> than you shop through. <laughs> That's twice as many wigs as I would have gone through. Please tell me you have a CC Deville wig. Right, who are you talking to, Livius? I'm assuming. Livius. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I was like, I don't even know if Amanda knows who CC Deville is. <laughs> no, no, I own zero wigs. Although I am likely the only person on this podcast that ever worked at making custom hair pieces. You are you no gotta be kidding. fucking kidding me. Nope. When I was um fifteen, I had a part time job. It only lasted for a couple of months. I worked for hairline creations. Um and I was a like a lab technician, basically working on so that's like where you go in and they mold a wig to your bald head. Like, it only fits you kind of thing, and it's made with synthetic and human hair. So my mother did this for years as a job where she made those. So she had worked on hair pieces for, like, Burt Reynolds and Ted Danson. Get the fuck out of here. Damn. So I worked there for a few months. Um, Here's the story on that. Uh, My mom doesn't listen to this podcast, thank God. Um, But, yeah, I was fired from there because they had found out that my mother was working for the competition. She no longer worked there, but she was working directly for the competition. And believe it or not, that business felt it had industry secrets. (laughs) And that maybe at, like, 15, I was some kind of spy. And I was was let go. (laughs) That was was my first job. Hairpiece espionage? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, That's what amazing. was the secret that they, uh, the they were snatching of, like, hair? They your hands and you had like the different plastic <laughs> molds like scribbled like all the different so we chemistry had, notes. We had a whole, hands. like this giant garage, uh, like like an eight car garage maybe, that had shelves and shelves and they were molds of people's heads. Oh my God, that sounds wonderful. I want so to see this. Here comes the urban legend. <laughs> if you would go, so you would go and they were just white plaster and they weren't like the whole face or anything, you know, they were kind of like this rounded, they were the shape of like a mannequin head, but they would actually go and plaster the top of your head to get the exact molding of your head. And then they would, we would form this, um, I was made out of a type of plastic slash rubber. I'm not really sure what that component was. That, that would we'd make like a scalp and then someone my mother someone like her would by hand put hair into it oh my god so when you put it on it fit the exact mold of your head and it wasn't always a full a full it was they were called full caps for completely bald people 
But if you just had like a receding hairline, you could get a partial that could maybe only be, you know, I don't know, four inches by three inches or something. And that would get um, stuck to your head using a type of clay. Now, older people might actually remember seeing commercials for these, you know, the guys swimming with them on and doing all that. Like these things held up pretty well. The funny thing is you had to go to a special hairstylist because they would have to cut your hair around the hairpiece because you never right. cut the hairpiece. <laughs> so there are special <laughs> stylists that, that did just haircuts for people who had custom-made hairpieces. Fascinating stuff. I'm sure all the listeners are completely riveted right now. Dude. They should be because that was awesome. Like, that whole yeah. story was fantastic. You're, so, I'm I mean, not being sarcastic. Like, you could talk about this for, like, another hour and a half, and I would just sit here quietly. I'm kind of <laughs> sad you don't have that hookup still. I mean, I totally want, like, a Ziggy Stardust wig, yeah, you know? Yeah. I will. Um, I will... I promise you guys locally, my mom still occasionally does work for a place out of Chicago. And the next time I see her working on one, I will shoot you a, a picture of one in progress. She mostly does repairs. So it's usually a wig that just needs hair added or some color added to it, like gray or whatever. But uh, next time I, I come across one, I'll, I will shoot you a photo of what that looks like. Awesome. I think we just accidentally stumbled across your urban legend. You got to build... Some creepy story around a fucking warehouse full of, like, wig-molded heads. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See, I didn't even have to come up with my own. That's how I do this show. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the level of life. input that Livius... <laughs> if I talk long enough, someone will have the ideas for me. Oh, um, Amanda, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um... Well, I was going to be C-3PO because that's my Star Wars, like, counterpart. Like, if I would be anyone in Star Wars and, like, we're going to... very true. <laughs> it is, right? It's obvious, right? If I was going to be anyone in Star Wars, I'm obviously C-3PO. <laughs> yep. You know, we're doing kind of a family thing. Like, the kids and the, the husbands and the sisters. All, everybody's going. And, um, you know, for trick-or-treat. And I couldn't get the C-3PO outfit. Like, you can either be, like... Sexy, gold, sexy. Lace, <laughs> gold spandex mini dress C-3PO, which it's like C-3PO would never wear a gold sp- He's too awkward for, like, I can't gotta do the arms and I can't walk like C-3PO in that. Or you have to make one, which takes a really long time. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. So Those I'm going to. parts are hard to come by, too, from what I hear. And you have to, <laughs> you have to like, make the, it's just a bunch of crap. But anyway, I couldn't. So I decided to be Han Solo, which is like my Star Wars opposite. I was like, I'm going to go in the total opposite direction, and I'll be like the coolest person that I am the least like on Star Wars, and I will be Han Solo. So, that's so you're wearing I'm a vest, is. basically. Yeah, I'm wearing. You know what? No, I'm going to mess up my hair. I'm going to have a bad attitude, you know, and I'm going to lean against stuff. You're going to get like a like a standard men's size belt, so it hangs like really crooked on your. Yes. On your hips. Yep. Yep. I guess. Again. Dude, I, I saw a picture yeah, on mine. It's gonna the other have day. like a fake, a fake laser gun in it. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> nice. It's gonna have lots of attitude. I, I saw a picture online the other day where it was uh, just a bunch. It's like a group of people standing somewhere outside, and it just said Han Solo season has begun, and it was a bunch of like chicks in vests with like white long sleeve shirts. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yep. Uh, I saw that imager. So. That, okay. Damn it, mine's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be awesome. Well, I know I'm not... Screw you guys. (laughs) I'm not going as anything for Halloween because I don't... 
really, I guess I am going to a costume party, but I think I might just carry a microphone and be a podcaster. Um, <laughs> because I don't, I don't Fucking do Rob impersonating a podcaster. The, here's, here's the thing. There was one year that I went as Walter from the big Lebowski and I can't top that. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going, I went out on a high note. I'm not doing any costumes after Walter from the big Lebowski. So that's me for this year. Livius, what do you got going on for costumes? You know, this year I decided I'm going to go a little traditional. So here's what I've got. I have, I'm going to be a ghost. All right. So it's not, I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to show up anywhere. No, no, no. I have a costume. I have a uh, a vintage white sheet that I found actually, and it's not real bright or whatever. It's a little, little slightly muted white. Um, but I've got it. I've got this great like hat face thing that I found, like a pointy white one with the holes cut out of the eyes. <laughs> what? All right. At any rate. So oh, yeah. Dude, so I'm gonna go around and and because I am because I am nothing but uh, but kind and and into charity. I'm going to a very low income neighborhood. <laughs> And I am going to find youngsters. I'm going to go door to door and find youngsters that need someone to escort them for trick or treating. <laughs> Have you tried the costume out yet? Are you going to be riding a horse? Oh yeah, yeah. I listen. I didn't want. I didn't want to spoil the. I'll post pictures on Facebook. How pointy is this hat? It's I, listen. It's really hard to sew something round. So I had to go. I mean, this is this. this it's, it's it's pretty sharp at the top. That's why I'm asking, does this actually work? Because I tried that whole ghost trick one year, and it did not work at all. Yeah, we did that to Adam one time. Yeah. It, it, uh... It's not like the peanuts, People seriously. looked at him really funny, like, with this pointy little ghost hat hood yeah. thing. Yeah. They go, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, so no. that's, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to do this uh, this Halloween. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we're... All I'm going to say is I'm glad you're going with something tame that yeah. will not in any way contribute to your uh, image as, as somewhat of a bigot or a bigot apologist. I didn't apologist. want to go as, like, the sexy Ebola nurse. <laughs> Again. Because I thought, like, you know, that, that could that could set off some, some, some stuff, you know. So, a little traditional this year. Keeping it plain and safe. All right, yep. Good. Good. So traditional enough, maybe I'll just carry around something that's on fire instead of like a flashlight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some burning wood. Yeah. There you go. Or yeah, it's dark. Torch you... like, you know, you know, something like that. Like a Turk on a spear or something, you know? <laughs> now that's goddamn funny. <laughs> wow. All right. All right, this has um, devolved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to reel us back in. We're going to talk about TV shows, but you know what? Does anybody really want to talk about horror TV shows? I mean, I think that's all the internet is anymore, is conversations about The Walking Dead, right? I don't uh, know. I don't watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, I, I don't watch it. Dude, American yeah. Horror Story. American Horror Story has the fucking best clown ever in any <laughs> type of horror. Ever. Ever. And I'm a couple episodes behind. So I saw what's behind the mask, but the concept oh, yeah. of the mask covering part of his face, brilliant. I'm pretty happy with Stabby Clown. Yeah. Is that does he have a name now? Is that or is that just Oh, that's my name for him. Okay, I didn't know if he actually <laughs> Yeah. I, I I'm a, I'm two episodes behind, so I've only seen two, I think, or three. Maybe it's three. Yeah, I'm a big fan of 
it's starting out slow and it's not super creepy, but I think the the freak show season's doing okay. Guys, anything? Jesse, Amanda? I'm behind uh, on that one. I haven't seen this season for that one. So first first episode, like four minutes in, coolest horror clown ever. Well, I'm gonna say, can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. I haven't seen any American Horror Story actually. Like I, I'm how is this possible? So behind, I've yet to hit that. And I just keep thinking about Stitches. Like you want to like for a cool horror clown, Stitches is like this Irish film. I think that came out a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, has it only been a year? I feel like I saw yeah. Stitches a long time ago. Was it a year or two years? That one was brilliant. I did like I loved, Stitches loved quite a bit. I keep almost hitting play on that one, and I'm kind of scared to watch it like by myself. Like, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I didn't really think it was really that scary. It was kind of more funny than scary. I thought. Definitely, yeah. That's well, that's see, not a I scary that. scary slasher. Yeah, there's that party, right? That that just that whole party that that happens. <laughs> that house party, just excellent stuff. So. Yeah, what's the one kid eating like jam right out of the jar or something? Yep, I believe so. Good yeah. stuff. So there you go. We'll add that to the movie recommendations. I stopped listening. <laughs> if the the clown from American clown. Horror Story. His name is Twisty the Clown. Oh, he has a name. That's excellent. I love that. It's, um, it's good stuff, man. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Um, all right. Um, your hosts are going to take a short break so we can bring you, of course, the second installment of triple a a adam Otten this week with booked mailbag we get your letters sometimes we read them this is booked mailbag with jimmy hey there gang jimmy pulaski (coughs) hey there gang jimmy pulaski here in the booked mailroom Recently back from my stint as a vigilante in Ratham City and ready to... Ah, who left the door open? Bet it was that worthless intern Gene Teen Man. I swear you can't not pay to get good help these days. Anyways, on to the correspondence. Now this first letter is indicative of the mounds of mail Booked has received since episode 215 when Kevin Lynn Helmick... Helmick? Helmick? Heimlich? Hemlock? When Kevin Lynn Helmlock asserted the best way to get unbooked was to send a death threat. This particular threat comes from Stefan in Maine. Stefan writes, Dear Booked, If you do not let me onto your little show, I will tie you up, hobble your feet, douse you in pig's blood, sick my rabid St. Bernard on you, then bury your corpses in a magical cemetery to resurrect you, just so I can run you over with my 1958 Plymouth Fury. You had better start running, men. Ragefully yours, Stefan. P.S. Tenor. Well, Stefan, let me tell you right now that you will never be on this show. And furthermore, I highly doubt you nor anyone else in your entire family will ever amount to anything. Now, what do you think about that, tough guy? The next letter is from Jason in Hollyweird, California. Jason writes, They're booked. Shut the fuck up about fucking pie already. Seriously. What the fuck? I thought I was subscribing to a show about books. If I wanted to hear about pie, I would listen to Pied 
with Sarah Lee and Betty Crocker. And while we're on the topic of what shouldn't be on the show, who is this A. Adam Auten fuck? His quote-unquote comedy bits are neither funny nor relevant to the express subject of your podcast, which once again, let me remind you, is supposed to be about books. Not fucking pie, not loser stalker fans, but books. So let's get back to that, shall we? Pie pie for now, Jason, a.k.a. The Pie Fucker. P.S. Watch season 2 of Orange is the New Black, available now on Netflix. Well, Mr. Piefucker, sir, you know what would go a long way toward getting a request fulfilled? Pie. Speaking of which, I could go for some right now. Reading that first letter really made me hungry for some reason. Yeah, a nice blood pie. This last letter is... All sticky and red. There are two names at the top, both crossed out. Skip Papersley and Malik Timberley. And then, below those, in big letters, it says, You're next. The indie horror film starring Chicagoland native Joe Swanberg? What does that have to do with any? Who's there? Teen Man, is that you? What are you all dressed up for? Halloween ain't till manana. Nice mask. I never knew you were into hockey. I mean, surfing and skateboarding, sure, but hockey? Seems a little mature for you. That's a mighty small hockey stick you got there. Looks pretty sharp. Oh, listen, Gene. Gene, this is about what I said earlier. Uh, I, I was just angry. I I'm sure you're worth a lot. No, Gene. Gene, don't do this. Gene, Gene, no! We got your letters. We read some of them. That was booked. Mailbag with Jimmy. All right, that was another. I, you know what? And this is weird because I know Jimmy Pulaski's already died <laughs> in another mailbag, so maybe he's just not so easily killable. Uh, much like someone who is crossed off on that list, uh, we might we might be seeing a resurgence of another resurgence of another name on that list. You never know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Maybe even later this episode, we can welcome an old friend back to this show. All right, so we covered the gauntlet. I think we're going to go into kind of one of the last topics I want to talk about, which I can I can only imagine how well this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a story this about morning, making creepy wigs, it's going to be great. Yeah. This morning, I was at work, and I had, I don't know, about two hours I could listen to music, and um, I haven't really been in the Halloween mood. So, And I was just kind of scrolling through Google Play and looking at stuff, and Alice Cooper is is one of the the things I have added to my like Google Play playlist. So, you know, I'll listen to some Alice Cooper. So I listen to a couple songs. I'm kind of getting into it, and I listen to a song off "Raise Your Fist and Yell" called "Chop Chop Chop," which is about killing uh, some hookers. Nothing, nothing puts you in a Halloween mood like listening to great music about hooker killing. <laughs> this improved my whole day, and then it got me thinking about how Alice Cooper writes. Um, a, a lot of different types of songs, but some of them I think solidly could be considered horror. So I started thinking about other horror musicians um, and some of the names that, that came to mind were like Marilyn Manson, Guar, um, Typo Negative. Horror in music is not something that I don't, I, I'm sure there's some kind of subcultures that, 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 you know, some forum you can go online where it's people who are really into that. 
Um, do you guys listen to anything that, that's horror? Jesse, let's go to you. You're a resident horror expert. Are there any bands you listen to that you would consider horror? I'd say the Misfits pretty much are the the ruling band of of what you're talking about, at least when Danzig was still in the band. I mean, they even had songs named after horror films. Like, that was kind of their thing was horror. Like, we're, we're going to make songs about horror stuff. Last Caress is such a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song. Right, and it's also a movie title, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if the song is about the movie in any way, but, yeah, I mean, God, all their songs. Like, that one's really brutal, actually. <laughs> I love that one, until Metallica butchered it many years later. But that's a whole different story. Rob, anything you've got on the horror front? I'm just going to go with the easy ones, like... Um, Your seat. <laughs> son of a bitch i can edit that out you know i i maintain that i bjork is a good musician but anyway uh um not so much because like you said marilyn manson i was like right on it i was like you know what he gets really political and like you know cause not cause based but like you know pre- a little bit preachy you know like counterculture style but there are like especially with the earlier the first couple albums a lot more of like the grotesque to, to the songs that they had, so I'll go with that. But also, not so much like like horror in the songs, but like the glorification of of like horror in general would be Rob Zombie slash White Zombie, which I'm yeah. kind of big on. I, I, and I, I thought you would go w- with that, and and I think you're right, and I, all of them excellent. And I, there's more of it out there. Like the more I think about it, the more I can come up with. Um, Amanda, anything horror music related in your uh, on your iPod? Well, I mean, I would have said yeah, Rob Zombie and White Zombie, but also like I listen to a lot of bluegrass, and like you wouldn't think that like that would qualify as horror, but like most of the songs are usually about like you know, like murdering people and burying them in the woods and stuff. And <laughs> there's a lot of that going on, and people getting bitten by snakes and then dying horrible deaths and crying out to heaven and stuff, you know, will that happen? So that's kind of scary. Oh, yeah, all the murder bells and banjos and mandolins mm-hmm. and stuff and stuff like that. So it's kind of weird. Very upbeat sort of that, uh, like, if you think of ravenous and you think of, like, all the horrible things are going on that are going on and then all the upbeat banjo music in the background sometimes you know bluegrass will sneak up on you that way and you'll catch yourself sitting in the car because you're like i have to find out what happened to the stalker of the person of the killer of this person before i can get out of the car and it's just some ballad that was on you know some bluegrass station it's kind of scary i just thought of one that's that's gonna this is a little bit dated but you're just gonna fucking love this um Back when I was a kid, like we're talking, a kid, kid, like I had a bedtime, like that age, and a little like cassette player that I'd listen to the radio on and everything. I was, you know, like sometimes I'd listen to the radio right before I was going to sleep, and there's this song that came out that used to, like I couldn't listen to that right before I went to sleep because it was really, really scary. You ready for this? There was a song, I don't know if you guys are going to remember this. It was called Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff <laughs> and the Fresh Prince. 
this is young Rob, not adult Rob. This is young Rob. <laughs> this is definitely young and Rob. Rob said a bedtime. Like I have a bedtime for God's sake. <laughs> He's talking about <laughs> a um, nightmare on my that, street. It's funny that you say that because <laughs> the next thing I was going to mention is there's a whole subgenre of rap um, that's called hardcore, but it's all horror based. What? So like one of the bands that comes to mind is Grave Diggers. Don't say Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) You know what? But Insane Clown Posse maybe too? I don't know. I'm not really familiar with them, but I could kind of see them doing that type of thing. They they sing about murder a lot, but it's Mm. just like, I'm a killing person. Amanda, you probably live around (laughs) a bunch of Juggalos. No, we're not going to talk about no. Juggalos. I didn't even know what that was. I had That was one of those, like, urban dictionary, tell me what things are. It's <laughs> oh, where you get all your best information, urban mm-hmm. dictionary. It is. Um, uh, so, yeah. No. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, rap seems like such an odd place to find horror music. And, and I do remember hearing some some Grave Diggas stuff. But um, <laughs> it, it does kind of seem, and I'm not talking about, like, drive-by shootings. Like, these guys, from what I remember, were straight up, like, like horror. Like, they did a lot of stuff that was kind of, I don't know. Like, telling a story. Like, yeah, a creepy story. Yep. Huh. So, um, I think it's an interesting genre. I think, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm always probably going to think Alice Cooper does it best. Um, King Diamond came to mind. Their entire kind of like rock opera albums around possession and haunted houses and stuff. But again, it's it's kind of another form of horror fiction um, that that maybe is a little under underappreciated. There we go. You know that that Nightmare on My Street song is playing at the end of this episode now. Man, we haven't played a song at the end of an episode in forever. I know, but I can't. I can't resist. But how are you going to sleep at night? I just won't. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I have I have a magic teddy bear that protects me from the bad stuff. I don't have any teddy bears anymore. I'm talking to adult Rob now. <laughs> the monsters took them all away. <laughs> there, there's one under the bed, Rob. I know there is. Just look. Nice. Oh, see? <laughs> There's a guy, there's gonna be now you know what's gonna happen too. I'm gonna walk out of my door tomorrow. And there's gonna be a guy down the hall that looks like me. <laughs> taking my driving life. a white van around the block, <laughs> <laughs> wearing a oh. wig. Oh my god, there's gonna be all of our urban legends balled up into one. No, no. I imagine Rob's got like the safest, happiest place out of everyone. He's probably got like little monsters going on under his bed instead of, you know, actually scary stuff. It's like... like in Labyrinth. He's got like the yeah. Labyrinth goblins. Like, let's pull you into this world where we're just gonna run around and have fun. I'll take it. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, I think Amanda, so she's reading your palm that by the time you're 40, you're gonna die a horrible, unexplainable death. I didn't death. say anything like that. Is it <laughs> Only if he does anything to make himself happy. <laughs> no. Wait, but you said my love line was strong, right? Does that mean I'm going to have lots of love, or does it just mean that, like... Yes, that means that you are going to have lots of love. That does mean that. Perfect. See? I'm good with that. <laughs> all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Horror-related? Oh, I think we should all watch The Abominable Dr. Fives, because people don't mention that yep. enough, and, like, everyone should just watch that for Halloween. Just please do that. What is this? I can do this. I have some time on my hands. 
one more time, the abdominal. Uh, the abdom- <laughs> <laughs> this is entirely Vincent different. Price, Vincent Price lives in your stomach. <laughs> the, the abominable Dr. Fibes. And, and, and can we get a little more information about this? He's a doctor. Got it. He's abominable. <laughs> He's got really good abs. <laughs> can, I, can I guess at his name? <laughs> it's Fibes. Yeah. Is this is this a, is this a recent? Is this uh from nineteen seventy one? Is that where sixties late sixties? I yeah, think. Yeah, Price. Um, it's amazing. He actually like you know plugs his a the um Victrola into his neck like to speak. So and he and he cranks it, and his voice comes out the Victrola as opposed to him actually speaking. Like that sort of level of like weird. Um, and he has like a mechanical band. I'm going like to tell you a couple orchestra. of like it's like interesting yes. things about this. Um, so I pulled this up on IMDb. Uh, it came out in 1971. Um, it is listed as comedy and horror. That's it has, fair. A, it has a PG-13 rating, which didn't exist in 1971. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going back and rating older movies. No, I'm serious. PG-13 came out probably around the time I was that age. I was a teen when they actually brought out PG-13 as a rating. So that would have been in the mid-80s. Yeah, that was Temple of Doom time. It was created for things like that. Yep. So, um, so I don't know. I guess they're back-rating movies, which is kind of uh, kind of an interesting... That's bogus. Interesting <clears throat> thing. Yes, it is. Um, are, are any of you um, Hulu subscribers? Yes. Yes. Yep. Anybody watch any of the new Elvira, Mistress of the Dark stuff on Hulu this uh, October? No, none of the new stuff, but I really like her. Yeah, yeah, she has, I think, 12 episodes, I think. Yeah, I think they start on, like, the 17th and run through Halloween or something. <clears throat> but it's interesting. She's got some some new stuff, so that's also on my list of things to do this week. Rob, do you know who Elvira, Mistress of the Dark is? She's the booby girl, right? <laughs> yes, that's she's, exactly right. She's the other, like, fairly aged woman other than Linda Carter. What about Rhonda Shear? What's going on with her these days? Oh, I um, I, I, I remember the name, but from Rhonda Shear from Up All Night. Oh yes, her. <laughs> I have no idea what she's doing, but I got to tell you, she does not go on the list with Linda Carter and Elvira for like old ladies <laughs> that get my pulse pounding. I didn't want to talk about the horror. I just want to talk about Elvira still hot, even at like sixty-five or however old she is. What? I read I mean, some interesting stuff about um, Cassandra Peterson, I believe is her actual name. Yeah, I think um, that's it. Like, she never goes out in the sun, and if she does, she's, like, slathered in um, uh, the the stuff, the sunscreen. Wow. And that's why, yeah. But that's <laughs> why she's, if you see pictures up, yeah. of her not in her Elvira makeup, you're like, man, she's hot. And that's apparently why, because her skin has never seen um, sunlight. <laughs> Never had the harsh effects of sun, uh, direct sunlight. Yes, apparently. Of all people, Livius, I would expect you to know what sunscreen is, being a vampire and all. I was busy being distracted because when you look up Rhonda Shear, <laughs> the first thing that comes up on Google Boobs. is a company that does a lot of sexy shapewear and lingerie and panties. Shear. <laughs> and I was like, man, is she really promoting? The-? And it's not her. It's somebody kind of playing on that name. I don't know what Rhonda Shear is doing. I'm trying to find out. I didn't know Elvira had red hair. Crazy. Yes. yes. 
she's good looking lady, right? Like not in the she crazy is, yeah. like black wigged cleavagey thing. She's hot. So oh, um, right. let's see. Uh oh, Rhonda Shear is on the home shopping network. She's a correspondent <laughs> currently. Well, well, it's a pain gig. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe, maybe that Rhonda Shear, maybe that is her line of stuff. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't care. I, all I remember was like she was on Up All Night, and then it went to Gilbert Godfrey, and the guy was so annoying to listen to. You know, it's just like just cut back to the movie, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, there you go. Any other any other pointers for Halloween, Rob? You got anything? I know you're a big, big Halloween supporter. I'm going to go back to something that we talked about, uh, a book we reviewed a while back. Um, not something that's super horror or scary, but just like a great entertaining read that I think everybody should, should check out. And, and it's the, uh, the summer has ended and we are not yet saved by Joey Camo. Uh, just because it's got so much gratuitous murder, but it's so entertaining. I think everybody should give that a read. Um, I know it's out through cheesing, so it should be available, um, electronically or in print. So if anybody wants a quick, really, really entertaining read, I want you to read that. You know how I feel about Joey Camo. You're upset because we didn't end up interviewing him? Yep. I know. <laughs> I know. Dead he, to me. He could be upset too. You can't you can't you gave it a good rating. You liked the book. I loved the book. It was a fantastic book. Um so you guys Amanda, think about candy? I'm sorry. <laughs> every chance I get. <laughs> Hang on, let me get the van door open. From away, man. <laughs> this has gotten to the point where Watch she doesn't even They're wait for people to, to offer her candy. <laughs> she goes around and asks. She just walks through parking lots. Are you offering the candy? Van, the van is outside. It's you guys, right? All, so it's like, okay, yeah. if I go outside, are you guys in the van? It's she no longer waits to be offered candy. Are you giving candy. candy to me? She approaches strangers and is like, if you have candy, I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I, we I, can't even really call that an abduction. I don't know how I've made it this long. So many people tell me, they're like, you, you can't talk to people that you don't know in the middle of the night. And I'm like, but they were really nice. And I'm like, they, they're trying to figure out if you're crazy, honey. <laughs> they're kind of scared. They're wondering why you're talking to them. Um, no, I meant for trick-or-treat. Are you handing out Katie for trick-or-treat? Um, trick-or-treat already happened here. Oh, Believe well, that was a disappointing answer. And I was at work. And that one kid came into work because I would have to give like full size candy bars because I was totally not prepared for that. How did trick or treating already happen where you are? So in the northern why did they do that suburbs of Chicago, most of the um, most of the suburbs have designated trick or treating, and I believe this year it was noon to five. What? And yeah, it's always oh, yeah. the Sunday before Halloween. Yep. Oh, and I imagine they'll do it on Saturday. I think next year it's on a Saturday. Um, they'll probably it'll probably be twelve to five on that Saturday, but if not, it's on the Sunday that precedes it, which means that this time it was five full days ahead of Halloween. Designated trick or treating? Yeah, so you you can't trick or treat after five or before noon. This is no joke. You can't make this stuff up. And in weird cases where it's on a Friday, you have to go like the week before. Yep. So is there like an urban legend here that you're not you guys aren't telling us? Is there like someone in a pumpkin head type mask? Running yeah. around on Halloween and trying to kill happening on the actual day. Like, 
No, there's a, bus, a bunch of crusty white people that don't think That's they should answer scary. the door after 7 o'clock at night or 6 yeah. o'clock at night, and it should be at a designated time, and it should have a start and an end. It's terrible. I mean, I grew up in Chicago, and you trick-or-treated reasonably to like 8.30 the night of, not the week before, not, you know. And there yeah. are still a couple suburbs. The suburb just south of here does it actually on Halloween, but there's probably 10 others surrounding it that all did it this past Sunday. Yep. As far as I go, um, I live in an apartment building, so I'm kind of exempt in general, but if I were to hand anything out on Halloween, it would probably be condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, in your neighborhood. (laughs) In my my neighborhood. Really, all I have to do is throw a pile of condoms on the little um, fake (laughs) fireplace mantle. Yeah, like down in the lobby, I'll just throw some condoms down the ground and they'll be gone. I did see several warnings about um, people giving out uh, candy laced with drugs this Halloween. Um, <laughs> like, which houses are those? Yeah. Well, here's the best thing about it. So I saw, a co- you know, those people who will share anything on Facebook, anything like Empire News puts out. They're, they're the ones that share, you know, the latest celebrity yeah. death. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple people share it. And then I saw something about it, perhaps on Imager, but the, the comment was, or maybe it was Vice, that said, look, drugs are expensive. Junkies aren't wasting exactly. them on your kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that, that, as far as I'm concerned, might as well be a Snopes entry because it makes that much <laughs> right. sense. They're like, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't believe it anyway, but I read that and I was like, the first person that says that to me, that's my, that's my <laughs> comeback. Is that, are you kidding? That shit ain't cheap. That's oh, hell no. I, I remember reading about that, and I think I believe the origin was a father wanted to kill his kid, and I can't remember the yeah, reason why. That's but, right. So he killed, yeah, that's right. So they like drugged all the candy to hand out to other kids, too, because they think that would be an alibi then, like because other kids were getting sick or dying. It's the like the only time that actually happened. Yeah. It's the only time that the candy was actually like um, messed with and like children died in a neighborhood one time. Yeah. And it was the dad of one of the kids. This is not an urban legend. This is No, this is real. This is like where the whole oh my gosh, candy is messed with. You can't you have to check all the candy. It came from one neighborhood, one guy. Yeah, he just drugged all the candy, like including what it gave to other kids to like cover okay, his so tracks. So he didn't get genius. away with it then. Yeah, he didn't get away with it apparently. He didn't get away with it, but no. <laughs> pretty genius, I gotta say. But yeah, anyone like I, even when I was a kid I like didn't understand that. It's like who would waste who would waste their drugs? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we got to ch- we got to check for pinholes. So much like, more expensive than like, candy. Really? <laughs> like heroin addicts are like dosing candy and <laughs> and getting off the floor and handing it out too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there are stupid drug addicts. I can I can guarantee you that. Here's here's a conversation I had with with my mother regarding um, Halloween wigs. candy this wigs? year. Wigs. No, no more wigs now right now. I'll have a special wig story for you after the show if you're good. Right. Um, Please. So she goes, ah, we always run out of candy, blah, blah, blah. And she said something about giving like one piece. And this is, you know, we're talking about like miniature Snickers bars and Smarties packs or whatever. And she goes, yeah, I just, I'm giving one to every kid. So, of course, my whole thought is, you know, I, I say to her, I go, weren't you ever a fucking kid? For God's sake, give him two or three pieces of candy. What hell's wrong with you? You know, this is my, my commentary. Yeah. So. I'm talking to her, and she goes, you know, that oh, that candy last week, I actually have candy left over. And I go, well, not a lot of kids. She goes, no, no, it's a normal amount of kids. She goes, I threw it all in a bowl, and I held out the bowl, and each kid only took one. 
So it was like this weird social experiment. And I started thinking <laughs> about this. When I was a kid, if I walked up to a house and someone handed me one piece of candy, I thought, you cheap bitch. Like, that was my, okay, right? But if someone handed me a bowl, I probably only would have taken one piece of candy. And she was every kid, without exception, took one piece of candy out of the bowl. So I let them pick, and they took one. And I thought, you know what? That, that's pretty goddamn genius. But that's, that's like one of those like Freakonomic social experiments, right? Like, because you get to choose how many you take. You take the amount that makes you feel the least like a little bastard. <laughs> that, unless you are a little bastard, then you're like, unless fuck you're it, I'm going bastard. for this. Candy, candy. Yeah, so, so there you go. That's, uh, that's what I've got. That reminded me, there was actually something kind of like uh, horror-related that I read an article. Not really horror-related, but like psychological. Um, called like Death Row Syndrome. Where uh, people who are in Death Row, like the, the constant like uh, fear of dying and like the knowledge of your impending death is so stressful that you basically just go crazy and um, all you want to do is just get it over with. It was really interesting. Um, that being said, I'd never want to be on death row. And just don't get caught. I, yeah, exactly. It's my advice. I'm going to paint the van a different color. <laughs> Confuse the shit out of people. <laughs> like, it's not white. That guy's fine. Oh, Amanda will never see it coming, though. It can't be very, very dark Ooh, it's a blue, blue van. <laughs> <laughs> That's got flowers on it. Make it like neon it. yellow. No one would ever suspect that man. <laughs> neon yellow oh. van. All right, we promised um, listeners a little something um, special a little while ago, and here it is: like, like, uh, like a zombie returned from the grave. Ooh, yeah, did I do that well? Was that oh, good? Yeah. I was a little phoenix risen from the ashes, but like, 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 like a slasher in the eighth sequel to the original film. Um, here is Skip Papersley. <sighs> This is Book News. I'm Skip Papersley. Now for the news. Author of The Firm, John Grisham, decided talking about child pornography is probably not a good thing and is now apologizing for a statement implying sympathy for people convicted of sex crimes. In a personal statement on his website, he stated, Anyone who harms a child for profit or pleasure, or who in any way participates in child pornography online or otherwise, should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. John Grisham's new book, Full extent is due to be released in June. In other news, Book News is back on the Book Network after an opening due to a recent and unfortunate closing of public broadcast radio. While the embezzled funds were lost, police were able to apprehend Gene Teenman thanks to a tip from someone whose name might rhyme with Trip Babersley. Now word from Gillian Flynn if her next book will be called Gone Boy about a woman who loses her criminal teenage boyfriend after he embezzles a bunch of money from a public radio organization. And finally, this week's New York Times and bestsellers in fiction recap. Jan Cameron is feeling good with Somewhere Safe and Somebody Good at number five. Smoldering at number four is Burned by James Patterson and someone who actually wrote the book. Number three is right in the middle for The Edge of Eternity by Ken Follett. John Sanford stays alive at number two with Deadline. And Jody Picoult leaves on top. Number one this week is Leaving Time. This has been Book News. I'm Skip Papersley, signing off. I missed Book News. I've missed Book News, too. Not that Malik Timbali wasn't great, 
Um, I don't know. I fell asleep through half of them when he was talking about stuff in that monotone kind of voice. But Skip Hapersley is back, which is awesome um, and proves a Adam Otten wrong. So there you go. Um, Two birds, one stone. So let's talk about really quick, um, since it's done now, uh, (laughs) words I view. Did did we ever explain the genesis of that? I I don't know that we did. (laughs) So like. It all came about because Brayton thinks that, that uh, Brayton, who is Skip Papersley, thinks that uh, NPR can be so pretentious and ridiculous that um, he w- he just jokingly was coming up with fake NPR uh, show names um, just around really pretentious things. And he was like, yeah, we, what would one that, that had to do with books be called? And I said, oh, it would be Words Eye View because it just sounds so stupidly pretentious, you know? <laughs> And um, and then his thing is that like it's always like the whitest people in the world, but they have really like ethnic names. So that's where Malik Timbali came from. <laughs> and then he just like got to throw in all of his little jokey uh, NPR bits uh, uh, mixed in with like uh, making fun of books, which was great. Like the urban perspectives, where it's a bunch of like well-to-do ur- uh, suburban people talking about inner-city issues. It's very I good know. stuff. I think that as a podcast, we are blessed um, with the number of talented people we have that um, are willing to spend <laughs> enormous amounts of time doing things to fill, you know, three minutes on this podcast. It's so amazing. I love it. I, I, I've often said that uh, Brayton Cameron and um, and A. Adam Otten do a lot more work for this podcast than you and I do. <laughs> and I just yeah. stand by that, at least more than I do anyway. <laughs> so thanks, well, guys. Really happy Appreciate to have it. Skip back. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy. He he is no longer local either. That that came to us long distance. That's right. Uh, he has relocated to the Portland area. The scariest place in the world. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Portland scares me a little bit, man. Oh, all right. Well, I'm not even going to elaborate. It just scares me a little all bit. Right. All right. Scariest place in the world. It's the right episode to talk about it then. That's right. So... Guys, let's uh, let's put a wrap on this. Everyone, throw out one um, one good Halloweeny thought. Uh, let's start with Amanda. Ladies first. Oh, I, I really like the word Halloweener. I think we should all use it more often. And can you please use that in a sentence? Um, <laughs> like, like, hey, lady, check out this Halloweener. <laughs> Guaranteed to prevent pregnancy. <laughs> Get in the van. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, don't be such a Halloweener. Your costume is lame. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes, yeah, I totally misunderstood that. That was way less rapey the way you said it. (laughs) Jesse, what do you got? (laughs) God, how can I follow that up? Um... I thought you'd have at least eight minutes I'm to think of something tonight. because she, <laughs> normally <laughs> that would have expanded. I encourage everyone to just indulge like Halloween spirit. Like read as many scary stories as you can until like through Halloween. Watch watch some horror movies. Like I don't know. I usually spend all day Halloween before going out just watching horror films and seriously dress up everyone you got to dress can't take your costume off until the night's over and don't blow out your jack-o'-lanterns until it's a new day just don't do it (laughs) that was so much more passionate than than rob is going to be rob (laughs) all right ready for this Mm -hmm. if you want to 
<clears throat> the best way to live in life is to be the guy that's stealing the identity, not the guy who has, whose identity is being stolen. <laughs> you hear that, kids? <laughs> Did Rob just admit to not actually being Rob, but some stranger from Vermont? Nope. I am, am and always will be the original Rob. But I might I might be other people too. Yeah, he's he is the original Rob, but yeah, it doesn't mean he's stuck being the original Rob. <laughs> Do your um, arms ever bend back? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh but uh I think That was the scariest fucking thing I've heard today. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, actually weirdly Livius's best pickup line. Yep. <laughs> I uh I'm going to go with something along the lines of what Jesse said. Just, yeah, expand your horizons. I think that, um, and, and, and maybe the only one that feels this way, but yeah, urban legends, horror music. I mean, there's stuff out there other than the movies and the TV shows. Um, and just take it in in as many mediums as you can, at least for the rest of this month, which is over probably tomorrow. I'm guessing. I don't know. Well, in the northern suburbs, right? In the northern <laughs> suburbs, Halloween has come and gone. We're way late on this episode. So, um, but uh, that's it. I'd like to thank our guests, Amanda Gowan. Thank you again for the umpteenth time for taking time um, uh, to come on and entertain us for two hours. <laughs> it's always two hours when you're on. I don't know. If it's always I'm, two I'm hours. Sorry, I'm sorry about home reading. <laughs> that was All probably that was probably the best part of the show tonight. <laughs> really? I mean, let's be honest. We kind of grabbed you and threw you in the white van of internet palm reading. So <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I'm in the white van right now, and I just don't know it. <laughs> I'm kind of sad the I didn't get The mushrooms are going to wear off, and I'm going to be sitting in a white van and go, I never even talked to them. <laughs> they haven't even called me yet. It's 845. <laughs> wow. We got to call her back 15 minutes from now. Let's just pretend this never happened. <laughs> you ready to Don't record? do it. Don't do it. It'll just be 20 minutes of me crying. Right. <laughs> right. Jesse, thank you for your first official visit to the podcast. It was great to have you. Thank you. Um, we'll have to do this again. We'll have to pick a book to, to review together, I think. That's right. Probably and Rob horror book. there, too. It's cool. Yeah. Whoa, Rob. you're going to start doing them without me? Jesse, actually, I want to say he did send me a message and. After one of the episodes where, Livius, you said that, because I think there was more episodes than you thought there were, and you said, hey, has Rob been recording some without me? Jesse sent me a message and said, you should actually put out an episode and don't tell Livius, but do one without him. Dude, Livius would never notice. That's the problem. <laughs> you would do all that, and the payoff, you'd be waiting for it and waiting for it. The numbers would change. There'd be another, and you'd be like, Did anything weird? No, no, everything's good. You're like you're listening to all the episodes, right? Every one of them. <laughs> Every now and then, I just do like that vampire voice. Like, I am. You can always do a throwback episode with that demon theory. <laughs> yeah, I was actually considering mention, re- recommending that because we do have two two copies of it. Um, I am willing to do that. Maybe we'll look at doing that. Um, in the future, in the near future, near-ish future, after we get our other commitments out of the way. Um, Rob, to you, first and foremost, happy Halloween, buddy. Oh, thank you. Happy Halloween. Thanks. It's the only happy. holiday I care about. Fuck the rest of them. Happy Booktober. Exactly. Yes, Booktober. Hey, can I say, though, that and looking forward to the next, um, kind of, the, the second, next, the two, what's two from the now? The fuck Christmas. are you saying? I want to say, <laughs> can we please, can we please, please review 
the human santipede <laughs> for Christmas? Can we make that our Christmas episode this year? Only if what we about do Boxing Day. Only, yeah, we'll do it as a Boxing Day review, but only if we get Amanda <laughs> and Jesse back on, and we'll do it as like a Santa tacular. Are, are you guys? Are you guys totally willing to do that. this? I will get us copies. I hook if her you by give crook. me a copy, I'll read it. <laughs> Did you guys uh, yes. see? I wish I had this picture to send to you. I don't remember where I had it saved. Oh, I've seen it. Amanda, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So you guys are in. We can have another holiday oh, episode. We interview the human yeah. centipede and we talk about Christmas music and Christmas so urban so legends. Play Christmas music in the background the entire time. Yep, just, I can do you that. Know. Yep. Yeah, and, I think uh, the Ramones like, did a Christmas song. White bands. That have, King Diamond has no presents for Christmas. We can do the episode now. We don't even have to wait. Let's just roll for another two hours. Dude. David Bowie and Bing Crosby. We probably don't really need to read the book anyway, right? Yeah, I'm guessing that I get the, 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 the guts of the book. I want you guys... All right, so Livia sent me the cover for... Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Livia sent me the cover, and my only response was two words. The reindeer. <laughs> oh. So want For you those go. of you that have not seen it, picture a um, the, the 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 most graphic scene from the Human Centipede with Santa Claus. <laughs> I think it's a woman, right? Yep. And then a reindeer. I think it's Mrs. Claus. Yeah, it might be Mrs. Claus. Might Maybe be sexy an elf. Mrs. Claus. I don't remember. Yeah, and then and then and then a reindeer. So we are going to be reviewing that um, coming to a podcast near you this December. <laughs> Until then, here's what we do have coming up. David James Keaton's The Last Projector, the most anticipated book in booked history, is going to be coming up on our next episode. That's right. Um, I, I'm going to have to do a retraction. I do believe on the podcast that we said that we were going to review Prince Lestat. That may not be happening, um, which I'm sure Rob is very greatly saddened about. But there's a chance that you will also hear some Bradley Sands. And maybe some other things. So we've got stuff in the works for the next few episodes. We are not as unprepared as we normally are. We actually have some <laughs> stuff scheduled. Um, but until then, thank you again to our wonderful guests. And thank you, Rob, for agreeing to edit a two-plus-hour episode. Until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.
And something about Elm Street was the movie we saw. The way it started was decent, you know, nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred and this girl named Nancy. But word when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed all right when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. In my room like an oven My bed soaked with sweat And man, I was bugging I checked the clock It had stopped at 12.30 It had melted It was so darn hot And I was thirsty I wanted something cool To quench my thirst I thought to myself Yo, this heat is the worst But when I got downstairs I noticed something was wrong I was home all alone But the TV was on I thought nothing of it As I grabbed the remote I pushed the power button And then I almost choked When I heard this awful voice Coming from behind It said Man, I ain't even wait to see who it was Broke outside in my drawers and screamed so long Cause got halfway up the block I calmed down and stopped screaming And thought, oh I can't, I must be dreaming I strolled back home with a grin on my grill I figured since this is a dream, I might as well get ill I walked in the house, the big bad fresh prince But Freddy killed all that noise real quick He grabbed me by my neck and said Here's what we'll we got a lot of work here I said, yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burned. Fred got mad and his head started steaming. But I thought, what the hell, I'm only dreaming. I said, please leave, Fred, so I can get some sleep. But give me a call, man, maybe we'll hang out next week. I pat him on the shoulder, said, thanks for stopping by. Then I opened up the door and said, take care, guy. He got mad. Drew back his arm and slashed my shirt. I laughed at first and thought, hold up, that hurt. It wasn't a dream, man. This guy was for real. I said, Freddy, uh, how's been an awful mistake here? No further words. And then I darted upstairs. Crashed through my door, then jumped on my bed. Pulled the covers up over my head. Said, oh, please do something with Fred. He jumped on my bed, but through the covers with his claws, tried to get me. But my alarm went off and then silence. It was a whole new day, I thought. <laughs> I wasn't scared of him anyway. Until I noticed those rips in my sheets, and that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street. Oh man, I gotta call Jack. I gotta call Jack. Come on, come on. Come on, Jeff, answer!